so kitten's on my desk <laughs> looking he's blocking my view of the screen so this is gonna be great as long as he doesn't get any thoughts in his head like steven where he wants to participate in the show <laughs> he is the steven replacement so i'm waiting for that oh he's pouncing on the where the mouse is on the screen good okay this will be fun <laughs> I love it that you have iPad games for him. I'm oh like, yeah! Wow, it technology has because he'll like he'll go after my iPad when I'm using it, and I'm like, fine here. I, I'm like, I haven't gotten to the point where I've gotten him his own iPad. Somebody <laughs> asked me that yesterday. I was like, no, I'm not gonna wait till that. he turns two. Yeah, screen time's not good for babies. <laughs> Aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the sometimes twice weekly podcast that is sometimes about the podcast Too Beautiful to Live. I'm Meredith, the MBH Van Harn, and I'm coming to you for maybe the last time from the Hodges Sparrow Studio in Lincoln Park, Michigan. Every other Friday, we bring you a clip show, a mailbag show, a list of your weird Amazon affiliate link purchases, or whatever else we feel like recording. But today is a Monday recap edition where we discuss all the vegetables Luke talked about in last week's TVTL. <laughs> I am pleased to announce that this is a Boot the Boys recap, and with me today from the Middle Age Momish Studios in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary H. Bomb Livingston Butler. Hey, Hillary. I like broccoli. Okay, good, good. Oh, we're doing this, huh? That was on the list. Uh, good morning. <laughs> yes, let's do this. <laughs> and from the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne with a plan. Lundholm, Anne, what's your favorite vegetable? Mm, maybe zucchini? Ooh. It's mostly versatile. because I make a zucchini blueberry lemon cake oh, boy. with the cream cheese frosting. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, zucchini is also in my favorite vegetable now. It's me, too. Oh, gosh. Um, and you said you were, you were, you said in the chat that you were baking something and it made me want to fly to Minnesota. Can you tell us about that? What's on the menu for this weekend? Yeah. I have a little cookbook that I know I didn't buy, so someone must have given it to me, and I can't for the life of me remember who, but it's called Luscious Lemon Desserts, so it's all varieties of, of lemon things, and I'm making a lemon meringue tart, but it's not the normal lemon meringue where you have the lemon curd and then you have a mound of meringue on top. It's you mix them together, so I'm not sure how that's going to turn out, but I'm very interested to see what it tastes like. I hate the word luscious, but I I love the idea of that dessert. So, well, you got to come up with an L word. I guess. I guess. Yeah, lovely isn't good enough. I guess. Mm. You can get more creative than that. <sighs> okay. Well, we've got some LRB business for you today. We're going to cover our week in review. As always, we'll take care of some housekeeping and let you know how you can get involved with the show. Um, and do you want to get all up in some business? I would love to get up in some business. Uh, I hope people have had the chance to listen to the clip show that we put out on Friday. We talked about musical theater. <laughs> Christy and Hillary and I got together, and I think it was one of the more 
fun shows that we've done to the point where when we were done recording, I think... I can't remember which one of us is like, I don't want to hang up the call. No. And we just Aww. stayed and talked for like another 15 minutes. I was extremely tired the next day because it was like 11 o'clock or something uh, central time. I'm, like, I'm so tired, but it was yep. really fun. I was thinking, Hillary, after we talked, obviously, about Hamilton a good portion of the time, about what an amazing achievement that musical really is. Not just because it's, by all accounts... As I said, I haven't seen it uh, by all accounts, uh, an amazing musical, but also because of the needle that Lin-Manuel Miranda yes. threaded to bring it to the stage. Like, so he picked subject matter that was catnip to all those old white yes. theater goers yeah. in Founding Father stuff. But then not only, I mean, it wasn't colorblind casting. It was very specific color casting yeah. where we're just going to make them all people of color in the cast except for like is king yeah. george is he the only king, white yeah. character and in the then whole um um what is his name seabury whatever there'll be a couple of like smattered throughout there's a guy that kind of represents england sort of as a commoner and he, i think he's typically white more of the like bad guys are white, and then some of the the uh, which <laughs> some of the know, dancers are. I was going to say some white, of the dancers are white. Um, I mean, I didn't ask them about their ethnicity. But. No, but I I followed because I'm super cool. I followed some of them on Instagram, um, and there are a few that are are white. So it's not like they have to be people of color, but I, the the larger roles, you know, Aaron Burr, George Washington, Hamilton, and all the ladies, right. they tend to mm-hmm. be people of color. But I mean, what an amazing thing to do to get young people of color and then to get rap into the mix and combine it with that subject matter that that the old people are going to love and then make it be really good. So so I'm very impressed. I think my favorite thing about Live Hamilton is when people come back and they report overhearing like grandparents being like, why are they? Why is Alexander Burr (laughs) black? That's weird. That's not right. My um, my uh, recommendation, because I was reminded of this when I was listening to Michelle Obama's book. If you were maybe of a liberal sort, which I think most of our listeners are, and you feel like you really want to have a good cry, um, there's Hamilton went to uh, the White House like towards the end of the Obama uh, administration and performed a few songs. And there's this song called "One Last Time" by. It's George Washington's uh, final speech, and he's singing it. Wait a minute. Who went? <laughs> Alexander Hamilton well, went to the White House. Well, Hamilton, like the cast of Hamilton, went to the oh, White okay. House. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? Um, and, Ooh, he came back so, to life. And uh, they performed one last time, and it makes me cry every single time. It's on mm. YouTube. It's really emotional, and the people in the cast are crying, and... Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda's crying. It's really, really good. And uh, the guy, Christopher Jackson, who is uh, plays George Washington, has a really wonderful voice. So I recommend it if you feel like feeling your feelings. And don't we all we always do. feel like feeling yeah. our feelings? Yes. <laughs> all right. So um, it was one of my most fun clip shows, I think. So if you haven't checked it out, even if you're not a musical lover, um, we talk about why you should be. And uh, moving on, Meredith, you have big goings on in the real estate business, correct? <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> not in a the real estate mogul. Yeah. I was going to say not in like the volume or the amount of money sense, but just in the a lot of work sense. Um, so I've, I've uh, been working on buying a house for the past 
I don't know, month or so, I had an offer accepted and, uh, you know, you do an appraisal and an inspection. And during the inspection, they found it was a house that's been remodeled, like totally, totally gutted, remodeled over the summer. And so there's always going to be a few things. I expected that, that there would be some things that needed to be fixed or, or, or changed or whatever. Um, and I have a very fussy home inspector who's never happy with anything, particularly downspouts. Like he gets really weird about downspouts. So they're, they're <laughs> never going to be far enough away from the house. But whatever. I think I've got that settled. But so we had the sellers, um, because they're contractors, um, gave them a list, a repair addendum. And they were like, sure, no problem. We'll fix all that stuff because they have all these people on site and they're, you know, um, it's pretty easy for them. And they're, they're, they're motivated to sell this house supposedly. So they agreed to fix all this stuff. Um, and one of the things that they hadn't done was turn the water back on. Um, so when we did the first inspection, you can't really finish the plumbing inspection without the water in the house being on because you can't check for leaks and you can't see if the hot water works and blah, blah, blah. Um, you can't flush the toilet. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, there's also not a hot water heater installed, um, which is a problem. Uh, <laughs> bigger problem than I thought, it turns out. So we had to um, cut the inspection short, like do everything but the plumbing, and then do another one, which means I had to pay my inspector to come back out. And so that was also, so <laughs> he came back out, the plum, the water was on, although there was still no hot water heater. So we had to go back. Oh my gosh. So we're on inspection number three happened yesterday. And they, they told my agent they had done all the work. They did maybe half the work. Um, oh. So we're going to have to go back again. Um, the house was appraised by the bank. It appraised for more than, than I'm buying it for. So instant equity, that's the good news. Um, that's really, really great yeah. um but they wouldn't uh they're they're not going to give me a mortgage until it has a hot water heater on it the, in, the appraisal was contingent upon the installation of a water heater which i was like well okay why do you care so much about the hot water but whatever i'm i mean i care but uh i didn't know that it was like a deal breaker for the bank so they actually did put that in um but I'm going to have to go back and uh, and make sure that the rest of the work has been done. They promised they were going to put power to the garage. They haven't done that. They promised they were going to put a, a water line to the fridge because I dream of having a, a fridge with ice and water in it. Uh, and uh, they haven't done that. They, you know, it's just like these weird things that they chose not to do that they agreed to do and signed a piece of legal paper saying they would do. So we're going to have to yet go back. The, the closing date is still set for the 28th of January. So... Um, they've only got a couple of weeks to finish it. Um, and I'm really hoping that they do. If not, the, the, the purchase price is going to come down and I'm going to have it done myself. So mm -hmm. one way or the other, I think, um, <laughs> maybe by, I don't know when I'm going to be able to be on another recap because I'm going out of town next weekend and then it's moving time. But hopefully by the next time I come to you, I will be in the new house and we'll have to rename my studio. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to miss the Hodges Sparrow studio. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. It's like, do they want to sell this house or not? That's what I keep saying. I, that's what my agent keeps, and my agent keeps apologizing to me. And I'm like, dude, you didn't do, you don't have anything to apologize. Yeah. He's just like, I'm, I'm, I feel ashamed for my profession. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Ugh. It's always something with these things. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. All right. Well, before we go to the recap, let's take a look at the throw your phones. Let's see. Scroll, scroll, <laughs> scroll, scroll, <laughs> scroll, scroll, scroll. Do any of you have phones left? <laughs> <laughs> this may have been the single biggest week for throw your phones. Tuesday, 
may have been the single biggest day ever for Throw Your Phones. So uh, people have feelings about vegetables, (laughs) but we'll get there. A couple of general Throw Your Phones from Mackenzie. I was hugging my phone that you ranted a bit on the correct pronunciation of timbre. It bothered me also, but not enough to send anything in. But I'm glad it didn't go unnoticed or unremarked upon. Mackenzie, I think it's very nice of you to characterize it as a bit of ranting. (laughs) (laughs) And not Anne lost her ever-loving mind. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But I was feeling things that day. So (laughs) thank you for that. And from Justina, loved the LRB musical review. Here's a weirdish fact for a culturally Jewish atheist to know. Salty is named after a Psalter, which is a copy of the Book of Psalms. If you like etymology rabbit holes, look up a Psaltery, which is not a Psalter. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> I know. Yes, I, had, I think I had to read that email like a couple of times. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> And I think, if I remember correctly, we had a comment on Facebook from Diana telling us uh, the same thing, that a Psalter is a book containing psalms. And so that may have helped with Andrew's confusion over why it was named Salty. Yeah. But uh, I love our listeners. So smart. (laughs) Even the culturally Jewish atheists know (laughs) about that stuff. So thank you, Justina. We'll be hearing from Justina more during the week. <laughs> she is the TYP correspondent, the throw your foreign Yeah, she is. <laughs> She's like, it's Justina Keep it up, back. Justina. We love it. <laughs> yep. She just cares about factual accuracy. I mean. You got to find another show, girl. <laughs> I can't blame her for <laughs> that. Getting yeah. that. TVTL. <laughs> All right. And with that, I think we can go to the weekend review. I will kick it off with Monday, number 2809, Sledge Hog Millionaire. Luke has a new desk bell, which is unfortunately out of tune. Andrew's desk bell is out of tune. Luke's desk bell is out of tune. They're out of tune in different ways, and it makes me insane when they play them together. Um, He got it at this place called Bison, which he goes on about at length, it sounds like a stationery store to me. And he says, quote, it's so well curated. And I was like, come on. Curated. <laughs> stocked. So well stocked. It's a store, not a museum. Um, but anyway, Andrew says that he wants to get an old-timey telephone receiver microphone for the show so that they can do bits. And Luke's like, yeah, but are you comfortable with that level of improv? to do bits with the phones i think andrew does well I too. it was weirdly improv. like i kind of took me back i was like it's kind of rude and i actually i don't love when they do bits it's not actually my favorite thing but i actually i think andrew's pretty good at it yeah mm-hmm. i mean it's not his go-to no. but i he's always funny when he does them um during the two weeks off the stubot and his family were in seattle and they came up to the Bay City, and they visited the Broadcast Center. I thought that was really nice. Yeah. I like the idea Mm -hmm. of that. Luke had a stress dream about Livewire. I only wrote it down because he said what the stress dream was, that he couldn't remember the names of his his new co-workers who were minority (laughs) women. Oh, God. (laughs) That's a liberal's anxiety dream. (laughs) (laughs) And they agree that they both feel anxious because they want to get back 
uh, uh, to TBTL, like on the right foot, kick it off with a really good, strong show. I think uh, there was not a person who uh, fired up their podcatcher and looked at the time on the Monday show and went, hour and 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we got retribution for that one. Yeah. Yes, we did. Uh, most importantly is that Luke has joined a YMCA basketball team called the Sledgehogs. He makes a big point of saying that it's no big deal and that, you know, it really doesn't put him out anything to be on it. And then he mentions that he actually changed his flight from Wednesday <laughs> to Thursday morning to Chicago so that he could play on the Wednesday night game. No big okay. deal. No big deal. Sure. No. Uh, and he wants to know how long he should wait until he tells them they need to change the name of their team. And Luke, come on. What is wrong with the two of you? Number one, Sledgehogs is stupid, but it's fine. Yeah. It's a fine name. Fine. It's kind of funny. I thought he was going to say something really like offensive or I don't know. He was like leading up I to know. it. I'm like, ooh, what is it going to be? Like the Redskins or something? Like the Indians. Like I'm like, what is it? What is it? The Sledgehogs. Okay. It's fine. Is it just because it's like he doesn't think it's cool enough for him? Well, according to Luke, it feels sexual. (laughs) What? And Andrew is absolutely horrified at this idea (laughs) because now the word hog is just talking about your penis. Is that what it is? Mike, do we put this on the list? I mean, there is that connotation for sure. But... But I didn't, that was not where my mind went when I heard the name of this team. Right. It's a stretch. But he, you know, he figures he's going to lay back. He's going to take it easy. You know, maybe he'll wait a few weeks before he approaches them about changing the name. And I was like, dude, let it go. Please don't. Let it go. Um, He's really worried that everybody on the team is going to be younger and more in shape than him. So he's been going to the Y at 6 a.m. in the morning to shoot around and brush up on his game. And he's already talking about reminding himself to not like hog (laughs) hog the ball (laughs) and to be a good teammate. I'm like, man, he just sounds like a terrible sportsman. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's the Y, dude. It's okay. Just have fun. Get in shape. Uh, The other big news is that Luke and Carrie have bought a new car, a VW Tiguan. Who was in the focus group that named that car? I don't, <laughs> I don't understand Germans. Um, and boy, this is interesting. I should ch- check the throw your phones. We got a couple from Ellen. Is there anything about this? N- no. Oh, yeah. she does say, does anyone other than Luke think sexual when they hear the word sledgehog? <laughs> What's Carrie working with here? Poor also, Carrie. who goes to bed thinking about bar fights? Is this a normal dude thing? I don't know. Um, Okay, we'll come back to Ellen because she was not irritated over the car transaction the way that I was. Luke Luke is feeling very aggrieved because he feels that it was the Audi people's fault that he got a car where the transmission fell out the bottom after six years. And so he wants some sort of compensation for that. And he says that he would, quote, feel better emotionally, unquote, if instead of the $2,500 trade-in for the Audi, they would give them $3,000. And he's pretty mad because everybody at the outer Audi, or not, I guess it wasn't Audi, was it? It, it was, was whatever yeah. dealership they were at was just like, nope, nope, well, not the way it works. It's, it's not their fault that he made a bad decision. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> 
It's not like you couldn't find out this stuff about Audis before yeah. you bought one. Um, he tried not to get into it with the salesman. I guess they looked at used cars, so then it's even more not this guy's issue or responsibility. But Luke just feels like he needs to be compensated somehow for his pain and suffering. And the, I mean, if Luke is to be believed, the guy just didn't handle it very well. And I, I don't know, I try not to always be on the side of the salesperson <clears throat> being a long-term salesperson, but sometimes you just get caught off guard. Yeah. And all you know is that you're supposed to keep the customer happy, but you, you don't know what to do and you don't know what to say and it kind of comes out wrong. So I'm sure it was uncomfortable. And the story about when they're test driving and the sales guy was sitting in the back seat like googling to try and figure out the audi issue they're so luke and andrew both are so obsessed with tone that it like it if the guy had said it in a chipper way i almost feel like luke would have been like oh okay but the fact that he was sort of flat about it and he wasn't um you know kowtowing to luke so much i think that Mm -hmm. really frustrates him and and like i get it to a certain extent but their obsession with it like oh the tone was good the tone was good and i'm like guys sometimes things have to be delivered in a not like uh, you know pleasing way yeah and it all comes back to the idea of knowing that it's not about you yes and not taking things personally I was talking about this with my therapist yesterday about how how I've eventually learned that it's really just not about you and you gotta let it go Mm -hmm. I mean you either gotta let it go or you're gonna choke on it like like the guys were saying Luke was saying specifically you take an incident that you like nurture and grow and obsess over and you feel so angry about it and the other person probably didn't even register that it was a thing right and so who is getting helped and who's getting hurt over this one um But Luke is very pleased that even though he was upset at the way this guy was treating them, he did not then rip into him and eviscerate him over his life choices and be like, oh, yeah, well, I'm driving out of here in an Audi. Oh, Oh, wait, wait, I'm not (laughs) driving out in a Volkswagen, a Volkswagen. (laughs) Right. You know, like, oh, a used car salesman. Good life choices, buddy. I don't understand the impulse of him is to personally tear down. like. Just try and hurt people so bad. Now, okay, so he's definitely got better about this. So we'll get, we'll give him props, right, for learning that this is not okay. But I just don't understand where the impulse comes from right in that. Um, Andrew has a story about uh, when they were buying their Jetta and Genevieve was handling it all and she couldn't get the deal that she wanted from the one place. So she just went to the other place. And when the first salesman called her to follow up and she told them that she went with the other guys, he got upset and he was like, well, but did you tell them that you were working with me? (laughs) We had something special. (laughs) (laughs) That was like when we didn't end up buying the car that was damaged and like we just just stopped dealing with them the guy called dave and said like i thought you were a man of your word Mm -hmm. (laughs) dave was like oh yeah they try to just emotionally (laughs) manipulate you dave was like that's that's a big part of their toolbox yeah i just think working on commission must be so rough yeah yeah you know and i they just get desperate i'll never forget that this american life about the car dealership 
Oh, yeah. I remember that. They followed him at the end of the month, Ugh. that one? Yeah. yeah. And and just, like, what a desperate situation that is to get your quota and make your numbers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what kind of a person chooses car sales for their life plan. I don't know if they're if they do it because it's, they're talented and they like it or because they feel like they don't have any other options or whatever the thought process is there. But uh, I don't know. It seems like there's a set of people skills that you have to have in order to not call up almost clients and berate them. Let's see. Andrew says, uh, oh, no, wait. I'm skipping forward to the next thing that's irritating. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Luke thinks that he, if he had been a in sales in general, he would have been either the best salesperson of all time or the worst salesperson I of all time. I fully agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is what I've learned about being like, I'm not in car sales, but in, in real estate, what I've learned and why I don't do commission based stuff, even though it irritates Dave because I can make more money. I know myself well enough that if once I make whatever, say I make $100,000 in commission, I'd be like, I'm good. You can't be like, I'm good. You have to want that extra dollar. You want to, you have mm -hmm. to push for it. And Luke is not that guy. Like he would be really good initially. And then he would just kind of like careen off because you just have to keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing and caring. And he doesn't care, sustainably care that much. I don't think. And you have to deal and suck up with to bullshit people. And that is obviously not his bread and butter. No, he would be great at yeah. it. If he would condescend to do it. Yes. Yes. But he yes. won't. All right. The other big topic is that Luke and Rich, who is definitely real, <laughs> took Rudy for a walk and they were in an off leash area of a trail or park or whatever. And of course, Rudy jumped on a jogger <laughs> who, talking of people that don't handle things very well, she yelled at Luke, even though he swallowed his impulses and apologized multiple times she still was like i don't care and he he couldn't help himself he was well but it is technically an off-leash area and she was like that doesn't matter you don't let your job your dog jump on people and she swore at him and now he's really upset that you know the one time he tried to do the right thing he didn't get rewarded for it <laughs> which is not the point luke he says the same thing as with the car salesman. He feels really, really good that he didn't attack her personally, <laughs> but he doesn't like that he allowed himself to just be screamed at and didn't defend himself in any way. And Andrew says that Luke is, is technically in the wrong, which Luke later in the week takes exception to, <laughs> but that it's just really hard not to get defensive when you're being yelled at and Luke says quote well I agree that she was technically in the right unquote <laughs> but that she should be prepared for life to not go perfectly oh he will always find a way to put himself in the the positive of this mm -hmm. and I'm like my dude you were wrong. I mean she sounded kind of like a dick but like you were wrong and just move on. Right. Nobody was right. nobody was really right in this no. scenario. Luke was no. wrong to to not train his dog. Rudy was wrong to <laughs> jump on a person and the person was wrong to get overly reactive about but it. But then sometimes I start to think cuz this is coming from his perspective. Was the was she really like that aggressive or was he or was Who she knows? not overly, you know, like, "Oh no, no, it's okay. It's okay." Uh, so 
Right. Exactly. So he saw it as like that she was a super bitch. I got very angry at somebody once. Um, I was, it was when I first moved to Dallas and Molly and I were at a park um, down the street. It was in uptown Dallas. Um, You know that park across from that church, Hillary? Yeah. Um, We were there and that is not an off-leash dog park. There is no, it's not a dog park. It's a human park and there are no offenses or anything. So I always kept Molly on a leash because if she ran away from me, I would be murdered. Um, so she, we were just sitting on a, on a, on a blanket, um, just enjoying the sun. Um, and, uh, there were a lot of off-leash dogs there and a dog, um, ran up to both of us and tried to get in Molly's face and Molly doesn't, she didn't react well to that. She was a Detroit dog, (laughs) you know, she was used to, to, to fighting dogs running up to her and trying to kill her. So, um, I did freak out a little bit. Um, but I don't have any qualms about that. That was, no. I think I was perfectly in the right there because, you know, my, do- if, you know, my dog could have attacked that dog. She no. didn't hurt the dog, but I got up and I yelled at the person. Um, this is not an awfully dog bark and you need to control your dog. Um, and I can't promise that my dog isn't going to hurt yours. Uh, so I think that that is <laughs> the humane thing to do. I get really frustrated with Luke's, um, obsession with having Rudy off leash. I think it's just because she's not very well trained as a leash dog or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um it's really, really, really dangerous to have your dog off leash. Kind of even yeah. in an off leash dog part though that's I guess a little bit more protected. But one, they're animals. You don't know how they're gonna react. You don't know how they're gonna react to a stranger dog or to a human. Um it's it's super dangerous to have a dog off leash in a yeah. leashed area. And I don't know. It's super frustrating. Actually, this is a side note, but I listened to this podcast called Totally Lame, and it was a girl, Elizabeth Lame, who was friends. I think she gave Momo to Luke and Vanessa a long time yes. ago. Oh, yeah. Yep. I, I, yep, 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 I kind of went to her like without a TBT. It was just like I randomly found her. She had a mom podcast that I ended up listening to. Whatever. Anyway, she is obsessed. Like She was like you. Like She used to... like go after people if they had their dog off leash and she's like a huge um you know dog uh rescuer but she was like it's dangerous for everybody in this scenario it's dangerous it is. for the dog for the people and for other dogs for kids i mean yeah come on. yeah they're I mean, animals like you said you can't always the even the best trained dog yeah you, you, you can't always predict what they're gonna do yeah it, so why not just be safe his obsession with it and i know it's a i know it is a lab and labs are generally friendly though they can they're animals like yeah they're animals you don't know what they're gonna do anyway Ugh. i think it's silly i don't really understand the rules of the off-leash dog parks i mean the way i understand it it's off leash for your well-behaved dogs, yes. right? It's not license to let them be maniacs. Yes. Yeah, there right? are rules and but I don't know how much oversight. I think it's kind of mob rule, like people right. will will make you leave if your dog is misbehaving. Well, uh let's go let's go to Ellen for a couple of final thoughts. She says I'm a hard eye roll on Luke congratulating himself for not escalating the fight over Rudy jumping on the lady in the off leash section. He basically refrained from being a total dick while he was in the wrong. I know that's progress, but seriously. <laughs> and then she comes back with another throw your phone a little bit later. Ah, he is being so condescending about how she should have handled the situation by acting in a manner that he almost never does. New entry for entitled etiquette. Ellen, we could write a chapter on Luke and his attitude about Rudy off leash in the entitled etiquette book. (laughs) Oh boy. 
And finally, on this subject, Andrew thinks that a good way to handle this would have been to keep apologizing the lady, but be laughingly aloof about it. Be like, Haha, I'm so sorry. You're so upset. I'm oh so God. sorry. I'm like, no. I would have punched no, him Andrew. in the face. I would have that. Yes. that would have made me more mad. Oh my god! Yeah, me too. I know. <laughs> Laughingly aloof is not the right frame That's of mind not for a apologies. Good de-escalation technique. <laughs> be superior. That always calms people right, down. Exactly. <laughs> Let them know just how silly you think their emotions are. <laughs> uh, and finally, on Monday, we get a voicemail from Sarah and Austin. <laughs> Hillary, do you know Sarah? I, I don't think so i'm but i I, this is a fear that i have almost constantly (laughs) this is so awful sarah says that she was driving and misinterpreted another driver's hand signals she thought that he was waving for her to go first i don't remember but in reality he was waving that he wanted to get in in front of her so she unintentionally cut him off and now she feels terrible and she wished that there was some way she could have let him know that she wasn't like purposely being a dick to him and luke says that we need to have like a more nuanced system for honking you gotta listen to my brother and my brother and me they have discussed this in detail luke and they have a system that lin-manuel miranda uses in all of his public appearances that's his hand gesture that's why he does that weird hand signal that nobody understands he's those are good job good job yeah (laughs) that's the friendly like thank you you did a nice thing I'm not mad at you, Hong. I do get so mad if I let somebody in and they don't do like a cursory wave back. It makes oh, me yeah. rage. I do it obsessively. Like if somebody, if I, you know, like hey, let me in real quick, and I like waving at them. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's like aggressive and too much. But I would rather them. I want to make sure that they see that I am thanking them. Like please acknowledge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am mad. There is so much prejudice on the road. <laughs> car racism (laughs) i have noticed when i uh, got rid of my saturn and got the rav 4 it totally changed the way that people treated me on the road like when i was driving the saturn and i was trying to like merge onto the highway i was like please let me please please oh and i would sort of have to fit myself in driving the rav 4 man people just back off (laughs) and i'm like here you go It's really I agree. interesting the way that it works. When I had a Corolla, like it was like I was nobody saw me. I'm like, do you see mm-hmm. me here? Mm-hmm. I'm here. It's not that I'm, I don't drive a microscopic car, but now that I have the you know minivan, I, one people let me in. Two, if I if I merge at the last minute, which sometimes I do, which is a dick move, I understand. But if I kind of go up and then I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm a dumb mom. Can you let me in? That people usually no, wait, let me Hillary. in. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're zipper merging. That's the right thing to do. That's how you're supposed to do it. You're not being a dick. I agree. But there's there's a couple of areas where I kind of am being a dick. <laughs> I, am, I, I'm, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I learned most of my aggressive driving in Los Angeles, so I'm like, I know how to skirt in and out. I'm like, don't follow the lemmings. Just follow me. (laughs) 
I had a really hard time when I had that Mazda CX-5. Uh, it was like a gunmetal gray, and I swear to God that it was like painted with invisible paint. That, <laughs> that only, you know, I was the only one who could see the car because there were so many near-death moments in that car. And as soon as I got the Subaru, they stopped. And it's weird because the Subaru was just a shorter car. It's weird. It's really weird. Oh, they were like, we better make way for that lesbian. <laughs> I guess so. Oh, she must have a couple golden retrievers in the back, so we don't want to hurt those, those dogs. <laughs> I don't know, but I, they talk later in the week about SUVs and how Andrew is, like, prejudiced against SUVs, and I always felt that way. I was kind of like, they're so fuel inefficient. Yeah. You don't need them. What are you doing? But when I finally got one, I feel so much safer in it. I know. They're, they're, they are useful, and yeah. so are minivans, Ugh. and so are wagons. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Well, let's um, – do we need a break before we go to Tuesday? <laughs> To refill we need to all take a deep breath is what we need to do <sighs> okay enough enough of stalling no let's get into let's it let's get it over with okay but listen we're not gonna dwell because they dwelled enough for everybody so all right this is 2810 shroom for improvement um my first note is lord over three hours when i opened it up <laughs> i was like are you fucking kidding me um i mean we all knew it was gonna be long but what I don't even know what they talked about. Um, you have that feeling when you look at the timestamp and you're like, no. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I really had to like get into a part of my work where it wasn't super duper busy and I could kind of concentrate on it because it was, it was so, it was so daunting in three fucking hours. Okay. Um, all right, let's go. So they start talking about the grocery talk about how Luke, uses Alexa to put stuff onto his uh, like shopping list from the get. I knew I was like, Oh shit, this is going to be one of those episodes because this is what we're talking about in the beginning. Um, this is a sort of uh, throw your phone for it um, from Justina. Um, Luke and Andrew analyzing supermarket layout theory. Just shoot me now. Here's a dazzling deed. If you Google how are supermarkets organized, the first three hits are articles about the psychology of supermarket organization. And this <laughs> true. <laughs> it's planned out to the inch. Like they, they yeah. get into people's brains and they do that on purpose. And I've honestly never noticed like I they this is when Dave goes to the grocery store. I love you, baby. But like, he's always like, I couldn't find it. And I'm like, there, it's pretty logically planned out. And I don't feel like it changes that much. I mean, if it does change, it makes sense why it changes. But it's not like in the middle of the night, little fairies are coming in and moving around <laughs> all of the stuff. Randomly like, placing stuff. Yeah. Like, it, no, they change the end caps yes. based it's on like seasonal stuff. whatever they've got on special. Yeah. But they don't. It's not like you come in and you're like, wait, where's the cereal? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ugh. So dumb. Um, this is, And then this rolls into uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe talk from Justina. Uh, okay, and Andrew claims to have read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe once every 10 years but doesn't remember <laughs> Mr. Tumnus. How is that possible? <laughs> Clearly I'm touchy today. It must be because I'm looking at three hours of this stuff. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, 
that's how I felt. Um, and then Mackenzie uh, chimed in, says, uh, okay, I'll be a joiner for this one. And nearly the same breath, Andrew purports to pull out the Chronicles of Nar- Narnia books on a regular basis and belying this assertion refers to the Caspian Sea and asks who Mr. Tumnus. He's Mr. fucking Tumnus. I know I have a keeper of an 11 turn 10 when I'm ranting in the kitchen as she's eating breakfast. And instead of the normal response, you're a psychopath, I get, I know, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> You've converted her, Mackenzie. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, uh, Andrew. I mean, I know Andrew doesn't remember anything, but Andrew, come on. Like, come, come on. on. It's kind of an important figure. <laughs> okay, so okay, so then they, they do a little promo for Love is on the Air. I feel like I should call in. My story with Dave is not like, you know, like Love Actually or whatever. It's not like super duper exciting, but I might call in for it. We've been at the mall. I think you should. Can yeah. you do the 10 second one? Yeah, I think I could do it quickly. Although, you know me, I ramble all the time. So we'll see. We'll see if I can come. 10 seconds seems really it short. Does. It's like Speedy Gonzalez. Um, okay, then Luke asks, can you eat too many vegetables? And it annoys me because he thinks he's being <laughs> so righteous. Like, <laughs> so healthy. I eat so many vegetables, you guys. Uh, and then I just wrote in my notes, I don't want to talk about food anymore, which is hilarious because that's literally all we talked about for this episode, pretty much. Um, Luke realizes that alternate milk is not as good as regular milk in a big glass. Um, no kidding. Yeah. Right. It's not. Okay. And then Amelia, listener Amelia, told him about Wild Oats, which I looked at their website. It looks cute. It looks like a fun place. But Luke is now stalking, you know, vegan restaurants, vegan and vegetarian restaurants. Right. Um, I feel ashamed when they talk about coffee. And Dave always makes fun of me. I love hazelnut creamer. Like, whatever. Uh, coffee made hazelnut. It's my favorite. Dave will look at me. He's like, do you want coffee for your creamer? And I'm like, shut up. Um, <laughs> I'm so not cool about my, my coffee. I've tried to do like, I'll just do, you know, a splash of milk and some Splenda or whatever coconut milk. And now I'm like, no, I just like hazelnut. I like my hazelnut coffee mate. And I like a soy latte, both of which are very like 2003 coffee drinks, but that's when I was in my prime. So that those are my, you like what you like. I like what I like. Exactly. You're not hurting anybody. No, except for almonds, hazelnuts, (laughs) hazelnuts, those poor hazelnuts. Do you know how much water it takes to grow hazelnuts? (laughs) Like there's real hazelnut in that stuff. Yeah. It's natural guys. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, it's healthy. Um, okay, so then they were talking about putting Baileys in your coffee. I guess, you know, Andrew was talking about how he sometimes does that. And Luke was saying that he would do a shot of whiskey and then drink coffee instead of putting Baileys Ugh. in there. And, you know, the more he talks about it, the more I'm like, wow, he was really dependent on alcohol. Like, that was... Yep. Yeah, I think he downplayed it while it was going on. Yeah, yeah. I, doesn't that seem weird though? Because think about how much he talked about drinking, I know. and that was downplaying. And he it. joked about how he had a problem with it yeah. a lot. The, those always lot. stood out to me because I was like, I wonder. I always think when people joke about something over and over that they're actually kind of serious about it. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. <sighs> I know. I was like, oh, poor. I mean, I kind of feel bad for him, but I, I'm glad he's. Well, it also him. sounds like he he has alluded multiple times since then about like probably how he used to drive drunk a lot uh 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah. really freaks me out. Yeah, it's not like he was like, let me call the Uber or like call Carrie to come get He's me. He's like, hopefully I'm sober enough to get home. Well, because he was masking it a little bit, I don't think he yeah. wanted to admit all the time that he needed to take an Uber to get home or, or whatever, mm-hmm. call somebody to come pick him up. So he just kind of gritted his teeth and did it. That, I'm fine, I'm fine. Oh, I'm yeah, fine. and you know he would be like, I'm an excellent driver when I'm drunk. You know, of any person, Luke would be. <laughs> I actually the, oh, drive God. better when I'm drunk. <laughs> said that's never been true um yeah so luke has done a little bit of a 180 on uh fake beers he loves odul's amber and saint Pauli girl uh i i oh sure okay i don't really like beer that much so i don't care for those but i because i think that they're pointless but you know good i'm glad that he's found you know a little bit of solace well, he was down on beer in general because of the carbs. <laughs> That's why he was always... Tr- Remember, he got so mad when they went to the brewery and they didn't have wine yeah. for him to drink? <laughs> and he's been in a beer commercial. Oh, no. God. Um, let's see. He, they said... Oh, Luke said, uh, Monday was weirdly short and today is weirdly long. And I just wrote LOL because it is... I mean, mm-hmm. yes, Monday was not a short show, but it was short for coming back. But this is extravagant this is this is ridiculous um luke is stalking a fake burger restaurant um i I feel like he needs another hobby or something because the i mean maybe i guess food preparation vegan food preparation is his hobby but lord he needs to he he needs to go work some more like he needs to go back to livewire more and do other jobs which i guess he's doing right now because him being at home in bellingham it's like such a focus on these food items that it i don't know it seems sort of manic to me uh maybe he could take rudy to to doggy school or something (laughs) how about that well we got a post on the facebook page this week from maggie that just i think it was (laughs) some musical notes the sleeping z's and then she says tbt eating disorder (laughs) and i was like oh my god yes (laughs) and there was a comment down that thread about how he's replaced alcohol with thinking about food yeah. that's something has to take the space in his brain and it's food right now and i'm well, like there there yeah. is a there is an actual named eating disorder where you're obsessed with eating orthorexia, orthorexia. I think it's yeah, yeah yeah so you're obsessed with like certain foods that you think are healthy and avoiding things that you think are unhealthy and it not doesn't necessarily line up with reality i know a lot of people who are and it's under the mask yeah. of like healthiness, you know, you're just like obsessed mm-hmm. with meal prep and what goes into every single ingredient. Um, what is every ingredient going into every single deal that you're eating? And veganism is often a cover for that, yeah. too. It's like, oh, I'm vegan, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's dipping into it. I mean, I'm sure as with all things, it'll probably pass to, you know, he's going to get a hankering for McDonald's or something and he'll, he'll figure out a way to justify it. Even with the meat patty. Um, Mm -hmm. They talk about the differences between diners and delis and whoa, Greek uh, diners are owned by Greek people a lot of times. Isn't that weird? Okay. (laughs) That's so weird. Um, I think Bobby said in our chat, and a lot of times neighborhood pizzerias are owned by (laughs) Italian Americans. That's weird. And it is, it is funny to hear Andrew's reaction to this, which is almost nothing. And like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like <laughs> he's so bored. He's so bored. <laughs> um, and then they they get into talking about like kitchens that you don't want to look in, which you know for sure we've all been to restaurants that are good that you're like, 
for I don't want to see what goes on behind there because there's always whenever there's a report on the local news like oh this this restaurant failed it's always like there was pink sludge or pink ice it's always something disgusting like that you're Mm -hmm. like I just would rather not know about it because I'm pretty sure I just figure there's a baseline of grossness and it's like you know whether or not it's safe or not and I kind of just don't want to. But you've got your immune system for. Yes, you exactly. have to keep going to to build it up so you can keep going there without getting sick. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I had a when I was in my Taco John's days, mm-hmm. there was a manager who was like obsessed with keeping the cheese container full, like in the cold side of the prep bar. And like any time the cheese got down an inch, she would just put another handful of shredded cheese in it. And like the stuff in the bottom half of the tub would there would be mold growing in it. Oh, I was like, because it was just sitting no, there. No, no, no. You, you can't use the cheese. Ugh. Use the cheese. Oh, you wait till it gets low to fill it up. Oh, God. Yuck. Yeah, that's. Mm, I don't really want to hear about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then they, they ended up talking about how the hardest jobs are the ones you get paid the, less, the least for, which is totally Amen. true. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean,. I, you know, just in my office, which is, you know, a white collar office job, definitely the people that hustle the most may don't get paid as much as the people that are like twiddling their thumbs and waiting for stuff. But even, even not my job where I sit at a computer, but, you know, janitorial jobs or whatever, it's the spectrum and they mm-hmm. get paid shit. You know, minimum wage in Texas is, I don't, whatever, seven something. Like it's something so low that you can't live on in Austin, Texas. Uh, it's pretty shitty. But then they did start talking about how, you know, working restaurant jobs or whatever, kind of menial jobs where it sucked, you didn't get paid, but it was sort of fun, um, which kind of is, I feel like that has to be like a somewhat of a privileged point where you're like, this is sort of fun, even though it sucks. Like if you were supporting a, you know, a family of four, it would like never be fun at all. ever. Right. No, this only applies to teenagers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but Luke said he never really did that because, well, he said he would get too stressed out about jobs like that. I just don't think he could take direction that well. I mean, that right. I, I get the stressed out part, but his personality is that he would be mad that he had a boss that he thought he was better than that was to giving mm-hmm. him directions. He was like, well, I don't want to say that I was a perfectionist. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to say it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, I, but did y'all ever, did y'all work jobs that were sort of menial that were fun though? Like, I, I never worked a restaurant job, but I did work retail, which sucked, but could be fun. Yeah. I was a line. Well, I started out as a dishwasher, um, when I was 14 and I'm, I think I, my starting wage, it was definitely minimum wage. And I think at that time it was four twenty five an hour, Holy. um, which makes me feel really old now that I think about it, but it was not, it was not the job itself was never fun. Being a dishwasher is horrible and hard and exhausting and frantic. Um, uh, but it was fun every once in a while because I liked my coworkers. Yeah. That's the only reason it was sometimes mm-hmm. fun. And then I got to I got promoted to be a prep cook, and then I was a line cook. And those are both exhausting and demanding and stressful. And waking up at five in the morning because it was a breakfast place yeah. on the weekends cool. when I was in high school, you know, all that stuff was awful. But uh, my coworkers and I did occasionally have fun, but it wasn't just the kind of job where we would just like be, you know, goofing off all all shift. There was none of that. Yeah. <laughs> I obviously enjoyed my retail job. I wouldn't have worked there for 20 years. <laughs> if I wasn't getting something out of it because it, it wasn't the paycheck. <laughs> but uh, certain aspects of it were fun. Yeah. By the end, 
I could take or leave the customers. <laughs> happy to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Happy to ring up their purchases. Happy to help them with what they need. But there's a real creative outlet in working with merchandise yep. and doing displays and we had several areas like i mean this is dumb but we had these huge racks of candles and they were my territory and so i would get to go through and organize the candles and fit all the new ones in there and there's this sense of satisfaction for sure of like achieving something of standing back and going yep i did that well I did take a lot of pride, like especially when I was a prep cook. That was like probably the most zen that you could get at that restaurant because you would come in and you would do your work. And as soon as it was done, you were done because you prepped everything that needed to be prepped. And every once in a while, like actually speaking of like gross restaurants, I I would still happily go to that place. Like we were really careful about everything and we made tons of stuff from scratch. And, you know, it wasn't like an expensive place at all. It was kind of a greasy spoon, but we we took a lot of pride in it. And I still go, you know, we'll still go there when I'm back in Grand Rapids every once in a while. Um, but it was like it was really gratifying when like because we would make our salsa by hand and if somebody like complimented it I'd be like oh thank you that's nice I made that myself Um, and that was a good feeling so there was there was a good deal of that yeah I used to love frying taco shells in the morning at the (laughs) Mm -hmm. taco john's oh we made our own uh, tortilla chips and that was really really cool that's Mm -hmm. cool but you you get to the point where you've done it so often you don't even have to time it you can tell by the bubbles in the oil when the tacos are done you're like yeah i can do this i'm good at this i um i never worked restaurant stuff which i kind of am sad that i didn't i don't think i would have been good but it always every friend of mine that worked like as a waitress or whatever in their 20s they were like oh it's super fun because afterwards he would just like go and hang out and like get drunk i guess which of course as a 25 year old sounded awesome to me um i worked retail for like i don't know three or four years and i mostly hated it um i was pretty i wasn't a great salesperson but i was a pretty organized uh, manager the best part of my job i mean i had mostly teenagers working with me which whatever they sucked like beverly hills teenagers suck um but uh <laughs> i would have celebrities come in every once in a while and you know me i mean that Ooh. was like my bread i was like yes this is so exciting and i would always have to think of like like something that they were in that wasn't the most famous thing that they were in like i mean there were a couple of people like <laughs> oh something obscure to compliment them <laughs> yes. on? okay luke <laughs> but like like one time chris rock came in and i couldn't you couldn't even compliment him on anything because he was just chris rock like he was exactly how he was so it was like i couldn't be like oh i like some obscure thing that you were in 1992 or something like that like oh look it's chris rock um so that was that was the best part of it and that i met dave that was good too. Of course. <laughs> oh, right, right. But other than that, I I did that. I did get really stressed out about customers because I worked in a high end luggage store and they were really jerky and really demanding. Um, and I just always found that the loudest customer got the most stuff, and that always frustrated me because you're just trying mm-hmm. to quiet them down. But the nice ones, you're like, okay, well, here's you know, everything as is. Anyway, I'm glad to not be in that life anymore. Yeah, I always made a rule that bad behavior didn't get accommodated. I mean, I would be polite, of course, yeah. but you, you don't get the unreasonable thing that you're pushing for just because you're being an asshole yeah. about it. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Good days. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did like that Andrew was still really concerned about why he didn't get the movie theater job. Like, what about his resume? (laughs) It's his dream job. Why didn't he get it? (laughs) Um, Then Luke just says that he's going to Georgia to do a story for Waffle House, which Waffle House is so fucking good. Oh, my God. 
Have y'all been to a Waffle House? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I mean, it's gross, but it's it's really good. And when I when I studied in this place called Suwannee, which is in a part of Tennessee where there's nothing, that was the only restaurant around. The only like cheap restaurant around was a Waffle House. So we went there a lot, and it's delicious. Um, I live north of the Waffle House IHOP border, so I don't get to too often. But that's real good. Um, I'll take the opportunity when I can. <laughs> and now, okay, so now. We are going into vegetable ranking talk, which I, it is just so tedious. <sighs> okay, Mel Magazine, which was this is the thing that is frustrating to me. It's like a, basically a magazine that is like a advertisement magazine that I'm sure they just have like a few articles to support advertising the Dollar Shave Club or whatever. I don't know. I didn't really look that deeply into it because I was so annoyed. I think actually, though, Hillary, that most magazines are that that's, <laughs> these days. For sure. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You're right. Um, but some of them camouflage it a little better than others. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what they are at their core. <laughs> that's true. Um, okay. So they talk about vegetable rankings, um, cucumbers. And then, <laughs> okay. I don't really like cucumbers. I can that hear much. the pain in your <laughs> voice. <laughs> like, I don't really like cucumbers that much. Uh, Luke, uh, once again, talks about celery and how underrated it is and yeah he's talked about it before he's like have i talked about this before and i'm like yeah dude he weirdly has such a bad memory about things that he's previously talked about on this show like he went on a very a pretty extended rant about celery i think it's because he just talks about it all everywhere so he talks about it on tvtl he talks about it on livewire he talks about it on twitter he probably talks about it to carrie and then he just can't remember where he's distributed it to yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he's like, oh, let's just circle back on that one. Um, I think they talk about, uh, what's his face? Andrew doesn't know who Irma Bombeck is. I don't even remember how they got into that, but I wrote that down. Um, <laughs> this was the big fight of the whole vegetable um, ranking system is that Brussels sprouts roasted are great. Andrew sautés them. And Luke is like actively annoyed by that and thinks that Andrew is wrong. <laughs> And I thought it was so weird how much he was like, dude, you're wrong. And Andrew was like, well, no, I mean, I do it. He's like, no, you don't. That's not how you do it. <laughs> so weird. Um, I mean, I don't saute them. I like them roasted. But I'm sure that sauteing them is great and fine and good. It's really weird. It's like it's like he's this like teenage Luke is like a teenager who just founded you know out that like God doesn't exist or whatever and he's gonna be like, uh, <laughs> like I, I'm gonna like prove my um, bona fides to you. I just thought it was really really weird and kind of rude. Okay, so then it moves into uh, I wrote okay so Luke poops a lot. Quote constipation has never <laughs> been an issue for me and I'm like wow really getting into this. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Well, we know that. I mean, he's had a, so many weird bathroom accidents where he has to, like, stop in a park because he's going to poop his pants. And he, like, middle of the night poops, which I still think is really weird. I'm like, I, who? Yeah. Whatever. Okay. And then Luke doesn't like hummus, also mushrooms. Uh, and I wrote, Luke is still so concerned about sugar. That's the thing that sort of belied all of this. Like, he likes carrots, but he realizes that there's still so much sugar in them. I'm like, my dude. Oh, my God. Again, this is all about even though he, you know, purports to not care about how much he weighs, he's just doing this for the health. I'm like, mm, <clears throat> yeah, right. Yeah, right. After the potato talk, I was so irritated. I made a big potato for dinner. <laughs> Good for you. With cheese and sour cream. 
Um, there's a quote that he says, I'm of the opinion that the foods we eat really affect our health. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hot take. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then somewhere, I think I kind of just pieced out on vegetable talk. Like, I didn't even write down about potatoes. I mean, I know that they don't like sweet That's potatoes. Fine. I just wrote, Mel talks, Mel magazine talks about dicks. And then they wrote, sorry, Gus. <laughs> and I, I thought that was sort of sweet. Um, and then Luke potatoed his life. I honestly can't remember what that means. I I. I don't remember what it means. I remember kind of the explanation, but I, I think I had like passed out at that point that I was like, I can't even pay attention anymore. Do y'all remember? No, mm. just that potatoes are terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible for you because they have so much sugar and they're so filled with starch. They're actually not that bad for you, I know. especially if you eat the skin. They have very low calories, no fat. They do have fiber. Like they don't have a. Sh- they don't have that many carbs. Honestly, it's like thirty-eight or forty, I think, per potato, which is well, awful. And it's this is all relative, right? Like the number of carbs in vegetables versus the number of carbs in a loaf of bread. You can't equate those things, especially since all the fiber and whatever else that comes with the vegetables. Yeah. Just, just eating a high carb vegetable is fine. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, I think he so, like, wraps it up in, like, French fries or something like that. Like, it's automatically bad. And it's like, it's not. Like, if you, you know, bake a potato, yeah, and eat the skin, you're doing good. It's fine. It's a TM. Um, (laughs) Okay, so I kind of was done. Even maybe they weren't done, but I was sort of done with vegetables. Um, I think that's fine. (laughs) It's fine. Um, okay, so then Luke thinks gambling is sad now, which, okay, sure. What, I mean, he's only... Now that he's not drunk when he does it? <laughs> guess so. Um, the one thing that made me laugh is they were talking about the people that were are playing, like, nickel slots, which I personally love nickel slots. I know that it's a fool's errand. Like, I know it's stupid, but I love it so much because it's like playing Candy Crush. Like, you're just poking mm-hmm. at a screen. But I like that. I think it was Andrew said that you can get 9 billion Phoebes and it's nothing. <laughs> and I really felt that because sometimes you'll match all of these things and you think, I'm like, I'm a millionaire. And it's, you get, you know, 20 cents or something. Um, I, Luke is really doing some psychology of addiction. I just thought it was really odd about how he thought that his drinking and his gambling were sort of separate things i don't know it was just a really weird psychological thing that i don't i I just thought was kind of off base um but he could and he was offended that the waitress at the sports bar thought he was a nerd (laughs) because he wasn't drinking see i think that's that's a trap yeah for him is that he cares so much about being cool yeah yeah i could see that he could like, I could drink you under the table. You don't even know. Like, you don't know my history. Yeah. Like, I'm so young that coffee doesn't even affect me. I, <laughs> I can drink coffee at dinner. Um, then, but I did say the one thing that, at, like, out of this story was that it was nice that he felt liberated by not gambling. I mean, I don't know how true that is, but it is a good feeling when you're not feeling hemmed in by something that yeah. is not good for you, but you feel, you know, pulled to do it. That is kind of a nice feeling that he, he could just walk out you know free and that's basically how far I got I mean that's my notes for the you know 
base of the um, Tuesday's episode, and then they get into No Point, which is like an hour. It's another half of the show. It it is really boring, and it is it is such a Luke way of putting this Seahawks loss. He loves to be like, yeah, they lost, but like they could have won, and it's like. But they didn't win, actually. So they they didn't win. So anyway, he asked Andrew, like, how did you feel about this? And Andrew, I thought, really, like, had some good points. He was sort of frustrated, you know, the way that they kept doing doing the plays and everything. Um, they couldn't establish the run. DFTB and Luke think that even though they lost, their strategy was good. Andrew thinks they should have switched it up. He, they've all listened to too much commentary. Uh, look, Luke feels good about the future. Didn't think they were going to win the Super Bowl, which whatever. Um, and I think he's giving too many excuses because it was a winnable game. The Cowboys aren't that good as seen as they lost yesterday. They're not that good. Um, and then anyway, it didn't work, but it almost worked. That's kind of Luke's theory of this. It didn't work, but we were like really close, except that it's, you know, binary. You either lose or you don't lose. Um, Anyway, broader season recap. Luke's now excited. They would win at home. Andrew thinks the Browns were officiated were affected by officiating, which I like kind of shut down whenever they say that because it's everybody always says that. Um, I don't understand. Didn't they win like four or five games? They did. And I think there were a couple games that they maybe could have won. And it would have possibly put them in the playoffs. But, you know, as Andrew has said, it's a good team. If they don't have any drama, then they'll probably be pretty good next year. If they don't have drama slash injuries. Uh, I I said, I stopped listening when they discuss officiating. I'm bored. I'm so bored. Help. <laughs> That's These are my notes. Uh, Browns coaching, blah, blah, blah. Kitchens, who I think was hired, who they talked about it. They talked about Urban Meyer, who I I hate. I I along kind of with Pete Carroll. Sorry, guys, but Urban Meyer sucks. He's a really bad dude, and he has the guise of being a nice person, um, and he just is not a good person. I don't think he's a very good coach. Um, college coaches don't always work. And I said, "Hello, first go around for Pete Carroll. He was terrible the first time that he went um, into the main into the NFL." Um, Mike McCarthy is not a great coach, and Rodgers doesn't like him. That's sort of like my point of view. I'm almost done. Brown's not a dumpster fire. Andrew wants them to have a winning record. That's his goal for them next year, which I think they will have. How fast things turn, though. I know. In a year. I mean, the goal at the beginning of the season yeah. was like, I want them to win a game. Yeah. And now now they he wants them to have a Listen, they might. I mean, they're on the right trajectory. They actually have a good quarterback who's not like silly or they have – a good team. Um, Rar Ravens are on the upswing. Okay. Steelers are trending down, and I just wrote stupid Roethlisberger. I fucking hate that guy. He's a rapist, and he shouldn't be in the NFL. Um, stadium naming rights are dumb. Cities get duped into paying for stadiums, and then they don't really get the Ugh. benefits of it. Um, and that's basically the end. That's the end of Tuesday. <laughs> we made it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> Okay, let's go to Wednesday, 2811 Bird Box Brain. Um, Andrew mentions how he woke up confused about what day it was. That's a really that's a really uh, disorienting yeah. feeling. I don't like that. Yeah. That happens to me every once in a while. Um, they talk about uh, how confused it is when your alarm clock goes off at a crazy early hour, like if you have a super early flight or something. Uh, I will often wonder who 
the alarm is for. Like, what? Somebody else <laughs> definitely has to get up, and it's not me. <laughs> I wish they would turn off the alarm. Oh, it's me. Oh, wait, it's for me. It's a slow dawn for those kind of things. Um, There's some strange haircut talk today. Andrew got a haircut, and Luke just is baffled and bemused about <laughs> how Andrew made it a hair appointment. <laughs> But then he complains about how bad his haircuts are. So like maybe maybe it's time to like make make an appointment with somebody decent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that only came up because Andrew's um, stylist mentioned to him that she's been using a, a a light to wake up gradually rather than an alarm, and that's been nothing for a while. Seems pretty popular. Yep. Luke's uh, not drinking has made him realize that he's actually not so bad at waking up after all. He he says he's miserable for about 10 seconds. Um, that's kind of how I feel about it. I don't like it, but I am more productive in the morning. Yeah. I'm technically a morning person as much as I hate to say it. Um, and, and it sucks for a minute, but then it's fine. I agree. It's fine. I agree. No, I mean, mm-hmm. if you get up, I feel like if I get up and I've had enough sleep that night, like I've had at least, I don't know, seven hours or whatever. If I get up and walk, go brush my teeth, I, I feel fine. Like I'm not like, yeah. you know, running, but I feel fine. And I I thrive between like nine and 11 in the morning. Mm-hmm. That is my best like working time. Anything after that, it is a like downhill pretty quick. I'm pretty good until about two and then I need to have a coffee and then... I don't know why I do that because after the coffee, I'm useless. Like, I just, I'm like, oh, I'm done for the day. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> now, one of my brothers is definitely not a morning person. Like, you do not talk to him for at least an hour after he wakes up. And he's currently, he's been carpooling into LA with his sister in law. And he said that he's actually apologized to her. He's like, look, Aww. it's not you. I'm just so uncommunicative in the morning. I just, I can't. I feel really bad, but I'm just not a morning person. That's how my dad's always been. He he can't he doesn't even have any overhead lighting in his house because he hates the bright first thing in the morning. So he'll walk around in the dark or he'll turn on like one tiny little lamp just because it's so jarring and he hates it so much. He has to I think a wake up light would be a good thing for him. Yeah. It's a mm-hmm. slow yeah. he's into it. But yeah, it's the same. He's rude and mean in the morning. <laughs> like, just don't take it personally. <laughs> um they talk about uh Lyft and buses um, in the so far as buses are already self-driving cars. That's Genevieve's opinion, except for the human being who drives them was my thought. (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to drive them, but somebody does. Um, This whole week, I think, was really um, uh, characterized by Luke being super rude to Andrew because yes. and this stuck out to me big time in this discussion because Luke, they, they needed to take a break and Luke's like, I really want to hear what, what you have to say about big city living, Andrew. Um, but they, they go to a break and Luke immediately starts talking about bird box. He just <laughs> drops yeah. it entirely. I, I think this is one of the drawbacks for him living in Bellingham and not having his social circle there. And also Carrie working in Seattle is that he just needs to talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He just yeah. does. And he's up there in that house on break by himself. And when I was listening this week, I'm like, it, it's just coming out in wave after wave after wave. He just talked. I mean, Andrew could have not been there for most yep. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, as he even said at some point this week that he basically just talks to Rudy all the time. He has to talk to somebody so much that he will have full conversations with Rudy the dog. 
Oh God, poor Andrew. Yeah. And he just lets he just lets Luke go. You know, I, there's probably no point in arguing with him. Whenever Andrew tried to say something, he would get started, and then Luke would be like, "Oh yeah, but like this," and he would come in with something else, and Andrew just sort of gave up. Yep. I think somewhere on the Stens page, and we've we've said this before, but somebody on the Stens page said, like, this is why there needs to be a third uh, podcaster with them, because it just rounds it out. When it's je- when it's Luke and Andrew, it is the Luke show for the most part, with Andrew as mm-hmm. a definite sidekick. When there's somebody else, they're all kind of trying to work within this, you know, threesome, and it just works better, especially if it was a woman. But, you know, anybody at this point, I just think three w- works better than two. Because Luke's personality is so extroverted, and Andrew is so introverted, especially with Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he just lets Luke railroad yeah. him. And I, I understand why. Uh, yeah. I don't know how you could compete with that. Um, they talk about realtors, and Luke has a friend who he won't even mention their name or gender <laughs> that is so anti-realtor, <laughs> thinks that they're always out to get you. Um, I, I, I don't know. I like my realtor as a as a buyer that you don't you don't pay anything. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, he makes more money if the house sells for more, but he was actually like, no, offer this much, and you know, wasn't offering more or anything like that. I think I had a little bit of a rude awakening, not for my realtor, but for my mortgage broker, mm. because I I did have this very naive expectation when I went in, because it was my first house, I never did that before, that, you know, they, whether it's fiduciary duty to me, or I felt that it just made sense that working in, in my best interest would be in his best interest, and I realized later that his best interest was to make the sale, mm-hmm. not to get me what I needed. So he really pushed me because I wasn't even necessarily intending to buy. I was just at the point where I was like, I'd really like to you know, think about this and talk about what steps I need to take and how my finances are and I'd get some professional advice. And he was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you're ready. You can do it. Well, how about this? Could you afford this? And I just felt Ew. like I was sort of on the ride. Like I didn't know how to get off. I didn't know that I was supposed to want to get off or anything. I I don't know. But, it, you know, it was in 2008. The market was in the toilet, yeah. I think. Oh, he was desperate. He told me, yeah. he told me that his wife w- just had their third child. So I think, yeah, he was pretty desperate to make a sale, and he didn't necessarily look for my best interests in that. That sucks. Ugh. I did. <laughs> really did. I think I wasn't quite ready. I would have liked to save up a little bit more money for a down payment. Well, and you were, you know, younger, so you're probably like, okay. You know, you yeah. just kind of kind of go along. and You definitely learn something with each house. Yeah. You learn about the mortgage stuff. You learn about the house stuff. Yep. Yep. Even I didn't know about um, that PMI mortgage insurance. He just mentioned it as an aside. He was like, oh, by the way, you don't have 20% down. So we're going to do this private mortgage mm-hmm. insurance for me. And he just, you know, like it's no big deal. Like everybody doesn't. I was like, okay. 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 Well, you just think- Which is my own fault, yeah. you know, for not being like, whoa, yeah. hold up here. But I hate that private mortgage insurance so much. That's bullshit. Oh, it's insurance for nothing. Yeah. I'm paying yep. $68 a month yep. for absolutely no reason. Yeah. Oh, I've got I 20% cannot. for sure just because of that. Yep. <laughs> yep. If I had it to do again, I would absolutely do it differently. But yeah. Well, now you know. Um, Andrew has sold his house in New Hampshire finally. Um, 
I, that sounds like a relief for him, and Luke mentions that that would be upsetting for him because he likes being a homeowner. I get wanting to be a homeowner, but maybe be a homeowner on the coast that you're on. Like, it would stress me. Yeah, in me. the state where you live, maybe. It would sure. super stress me out to have a home that I wasn't even close to to monitor. And just knowing that all it is, any notification is like, oh, you know, there's a leaky roof or whatever. I mean, yep. just some problem that you have to deal with. Well, anything. Right. Yeah, there could be some catastrophe yeah. and there's nothing you can do about yeah. it. I'm sure it goes back to Luke's childhood and... Yeah always needing being a renter and having that housing insecurity yeah um they talk about um bird box in a quiet place and there's tons of spoilers i haven't seen either of them and i don't really want to uh so i didn't care but i can imagine if you were waiting to see either of those you'd be pretty annoyed by now i um will not see i like to (laughs) i like to read um the wikipedia entries for horror movies but i don't like to actually see horror (laughs) movies like (laughs) I'll read like I did see Get Out because I felt like I had to and actually I'm really glad I, I did. did too. But um I like I'm not I'm not seeing either of these. It's not gonna happen. My one question about a quiet place, I like both John Krasinski and Emily Blunt a lot. Okay, but I, the one thing I know, and I guess spoiler, but they already talked about it. The one thing I know is that she at some point gets pregnant and has a baby. in what world if you have to be quiet while monsters are going to get you, do you have sex? Like, I'm sorry, the, the chastity belt is on. We're not doing it. Wow. <laughs> well, if it's going to mean that you get murdered by a monster. Yeah, just keep it in your pants. I'm just not that horny when, uh, you know, like, there's a monster that might kill me. Um, yeah. And then she has the baby, which like, whatever, there's some, <laughs> there's some pro-life propaganda going on there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, that- I, maybe she was already pregnant when the monsters came. I don't think so. I think that there's a sex scene. That's I don't know. I haven't seen it. But... <laughs> yeah. no. Well, I have not seen either because I'm also terrible, terrible <laughs> with scary movies. Can't do it. The last scary movie I saw was The Ring. And I was like, nope. nope. Yeah, I'm done. No more. No more. But I would refuse to see Bird Box anyway because I resent Netflix's attempts to force me to see it. <laughs> yes. Well, not so doing does it. Andrew. <laughs> He's really irritated with how they market and how they make claims about popularity and things without being transparent. I don't care how many times you put it on my landing page. I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it. Okay. We won't make you. (laughs) Luke says that he likes post-apocalyptic movies, but not ones with zombies or bacon or mustaches. (laughs) He's done with all those things. We get it. Um, And then he talks about the Patriot for a really long time. Um, plays a bunch of clips from it, which makes it sound like more of a comedy. Um, it sounds uh-huh. kind of quirky and interesting. I don't know. I I don't know. the The name really just turns me off yeah. entirely. Yeah, I think he really likes those weird off kilter yeah. mm-hmm. shows. He has kind of an absurdist sense of humor. I'm in my corner watching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I'm like, I'm good. Um, yep, <laughs> it's fine. I mean, that, that sounds like something maybe Dave would like a little bit, but I don't know. Sometimes. I probably wouldn't hate it. It just kind of sounds like not for me exactly. But I'm glad he found a show that excites him. We're working our way through Handmaid's Tale still, oh. and it's so upsetting that I don't know if I can really go to anything else serious. Speaking of, the one thing that they talked about, the apocalyptic, when they were saying we really like apocalyptic shows, <clears throat> when I watch, I've only seen the first season of Handmaid's Tale because I just can't gear myself up for the second season. But the stuff that really like got me, and that they had talked about is like how 
did you get to this point? Like you're at this post-apocalyptic point, but like what were those steps leading up to it? And mm-hmm. in The Handmaid's Tale, I've read the book, but especially in the show where you can just see it happening, like especially now where you just see it yeah. like slowly. <laughs> this is how we get this there. This is how we get there. And it's so fucking scary and kind of, it's so close. Like, you know, just cutting off my credit cards or like my bank accounts or whatever. And uh, uh, or making women sleep with men so that they don't yeah. kill everybody. Yeah. Or the, the whole climate change stuff because it's like mm-hmm. women can't have babies because like the environment sucks so bad. It's, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I would definitely recommend the second season. It's upsetting in so many ways. <laughs> oh, and if you have any sort of trauma in your life, it will be hard to watch. Yeah. Um, but it's so good and it's so well done. Um, I would absolutely recommend it, even though it's horrible. Um, my last note for the, for the day, which I've already said is that Luke just interrupts Andrew nonstop the whole show. Yep. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Well, we could just put that on every day. Yep. Yep. Pretty much. Okay. Moving on to Thursday, 2812. If you can't handle the street, get out of the Canyon arrow. They talk for a long time about what interregnum means. Uh, it's a gap of time in the government, <laughs> which is appropriate now, I guess. They're really going over some vocabulary these past uh, few mm-hmm. days. Um, then they Luke goes back into dog walking talk. Uh, and I just said, Luke, let it go. Because he thinks that he could sense that Andrew was like judging him or Andrew thought he was in the wrong. And Andrew's kind of like, yeah, I thought you were in the wrong. Um, and my little note on this, I, I guess that somebody had said to him that he was in the right, which it makes me sad slash amuses me a little bit that he's just going on telling people like I'm, the, I'm sure bored people like oh, this is what happened to me. And this guy's probably trying to appease. Yeah, yeah, totally. You were totally right. That person sounded like they sucked. But um, he's just trying to get, you know, some uh, approval somewhere. But I wrote in my note also not to be rude parenthetically i'm being rude rudy is kind of crappily trained i think like rudy seems like the sweetest dog ever and really cute um but she jumps on everybody and that would annoy the crap out of me like dogs jumping i mean duchess was definitely a crotch sniffer which was sort of annoying but it's like dogs jumping and and she's not a little dog like rudy weighs you know 60 something pounds i i used to have a lab like if they jump on you it's it is kind of scary a little bit because you're like, whoa. Well, and if they're muddy, yes. that's the that's the thing I don't like about being jumped on by dogs. And 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 I think I totally agree with you, yeah. Hillary, that she's not very well trained. <laughs> and that's something that they that's like one of the if you're gonna train, it's like don't bark, don't jump on people. Yeah. Like it's pretty easy yeah. to train those. And I think that they have the tools, they just haven't put in the work because yep. it sounds mm-hmm. like they've taken her to classes before. Yeah, and I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure Luke is not willing to really like consistently you know show her how to behave i'm sure carrie is Mm -hmm. the one that is uh the person that is the point person for that then they talk about remembering times when people ask them to stop doing stuff (laughs) (laughs) cars running lights at green lake and then andrew realizing that actually when somebody has their lights on at green lake it is really bright and now he kind of feels bad that that he was annoyed by the person. I mean, they do sound like very Seattle-ish area, um, people that are asking like to stop doing that, but they're not wrong. I guess the tone maybe is wrong, and that's always, you know, like I said before, that's always what gets Luke and Andrew when people's tone is off by any measure. Um, you know, and at I remember the 
whenever Andrew was first recording and he was letting his car run and somebody said, you're letting your car run. And I remember thinking, "Ugh, what a hippie. That's so dumb. Um, but now at Bridget's school, like a lot of parents will leave their cars running, you know, when they're waiting for pickup and they're really, parents are really trying to like have an ordinance where you can't leave your cars running, even though cars are like pretty clean. Nowadays, not all of them are. I guess it's like noise pollution and pollution pollution. So it's not surprising. They're a million times better than they used to yes, be, Yes, yes, for sure. Um, but it, it, in thinking back to Andrew just being in his car recording something, I would be more just creeped out by him than like annoyed that his car was running. <laughs> like there's just yeah, a like, man what are you doing? <laughs> for many hours talking into a microphone. Right. It's just an excuse. Yeah. Hey, buddy, did you know your car is running? And it's an excuse to come over and see what this weirdo is doing. And if it's something I need to worry about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, they, Andrew says that he really realizes the headlights are bright. And, you know, I guess now we feel sort of bad about it. Um, Luke got a bad haircut at Supercuts, uneven sideburns. Again, maybe make an appointment somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> it's My, not crazy, is no. it? <laughs> it doesn't make you gay, Luke. I promise you will not turn gay as we've realized that this is kind of a fear of yours if you listen to the musical episode. Uh, it's okay to make an appointment with the same person. It's fine. My stylist does male haircuts. She's yeah. mentioned it several times. It's, yeah. I don't think she's turned them gay yet. <laughs> I... Was just laughing. My next thing is Luke gallivants while Andrew works, because <laughs> I guess they, <laughs> this this episode, which is Thursday, was actually recorded on Wednesday because Luke is traveling, um, and I, they took a break. And I think Luke was just like, "La la, I'm gonna go walk the dog." And Andrew's, you know, calling on sponsors, um, and you know, actually kind of working. Um, then they discuss daily frustrations, and Andrew is a snob about SUVs. Um, I, my feelings about SUVs, I mean, I have a minivan, so I guess I have an SUV. I, a lot of people, at Meredith, as you know, a lot of people in Texas have them. I feel like that's more mm-hmm. of the default than like a little car. Um, I miss my little car. Yeah. I miss my little car as far as parking goes, because that was really easy and great. I don't mind a mini SUV like, like Ann's car. Like that doesn't bother me. I feel like that's almost not even an SUV anymore because... It's like there's so many other big cars. I hate Ford like 150s or Ford 250s because they're too long. We live in Austin. Nobody is like in the ranch. Why do you have a big ass pickup truck? It makes me so mad and it takes up too much space. And when I'm backing out of a space, I can't see because their goddamn car is like a Cadillac. It's too long. Um, So I just think that's dumb. I understand. I mean, obviously, I have a minivan. I understand having a bigger car, but I think that there's a limit, especially if you're living in a city, because that's stupid. Well, Gregory's got a Ford F-150 that he has to drive for work. Well, work gave it to him, and he uses it, is the thing. That's like, the thing. But when I, I see one it. in my stupid, like, Silicon Labs, like, my, the where I work is a, like, technology company. Like, there's a, a technology building. Nobody needs a Ford F-150 Nobody needs, there. Yeah. It does, but we'll often take my car going into Detroit because it's such a pain in the ass to park yeah, the yeah, truck. Yeah. But every once in a while, like when when it's hard to maneuver, I want to be like, "It's okay, he needs it for work." <laughs> <laughs> like shouting it out. <laughs> I mean, you do feel like king of the road, oh, yeah. when you sit in the the cab of an F one fifty. Yeah, you're like, man, <laughs> look at all those little ants down there. <laughs> but he's got like a toolbox and you know yeah. uses it for stuff. So I don't know. No, for working purposes, I think it's great. More just in my little parking garage. I'm like, God damn yeah. it. Well, and also, it's really hard to park. 
that I've said this before, but everything's bigger in Texas except the friggin' parking spots. I don't know why they're so small. <laughs> they're very narrow. It's yeah, it's yeah. really, really odd. Um Okay, top story. Um Burger King decli- it was well, a, a weird story. Burger King declines free food for life promise to a guy who had been locked in a restroom. Um, but then first, 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 before we really get into that, which is a weird story, Andrew talks because <laughs> they get into the Humpty Dance, obviously, because like you know he once got busy in a Burger, Burger King, King bathroom, bathroom. and Andrew. <laughs> this is such a weird story, and it's such an Andrew and his family story because I don't think he would do this to anybody else. So at Andrew's sister's wedding, she didn't want any rap played, which oh, okay, there's other stuff going on with that. But Andrew decides to beg the DJ to play the Humpty Dance, which is super rude, but also kind of funny. But um, and it's such like a sibling thing to do. But he thought it was going to bring everybody out into the dance floor, and like <laughs> nobody went out there. <laughs> and the picture—have y'all seen the picture from it that he posted? No. Yeah, uh, it's great. It's great. I love the look on Andrew's face. It's such a white guy dancing face. <laughs> Did he put it in the stents page? Uh, somebody posted oh, yeah. in the newsletter. Here, I'll, yeah, we'll find it and post it because it okay. was the show picture, yeah. and then now it's the banner picture on okay. the Stens page. I that story, I don't know. It irritates me because oh, no. Andrew was like, "What?" Because <laughs> Andrew's like, um, I mean, you know, it's such a cute story. It's a sweet thing. And I'm like, you know, it's not really a cute story no. because you were an asshole yeah. and went against your against your sister's expressed wishes yeah. at her wedding. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it, gross. It is kind of gross. And then he at least admitted like, oh, I guess she knew her audience because nobody came out on the dance floor. And it wasn't like he was playing some innocuous hip hop song. Like, listen, I had my time with the Humpty Dance. I memorized it in college. Like, I know those words. And that is not really like an appropriate for, you know, grandparents hour. Uh, <laughs> at a wedding that's like the late night wedding you know dancing yeah it, I, th- I thought that was super rude and I think that he honestly only did it to like annoy his sister and I hope he wouldn't Probably. do that to anybody else because he was so convinced that she was so wrong about not having any <laughs> rap uh, he's gonna show her by golly yeah exactly like look trust me I'm like a big city guy I'll show you um, I but he did say everybody flees the dance floor like smallpox had broken out. The <laughs> <laughs> side note said I love dancing at weddings, but then Luke t- kept talking about how like dancing at weddings then turns into swing dancing at weddings or swing dancing at events like this. I have what? literally never seen that, and so I did Me message either. like nope. I said to Phyllis and I guess Mike and and like is this a thing? And I guess it is a Seattle thing. It is not a Texas thing or a California thing. Nope. nope, 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 nope. It's totally a Seattle thing, though, because when I was in college, it was the era of Big Bad Foodie yeah. Daddy and the <laughs> squirrel nut zippers and all of those. My friend Bill went to Seattle for a summer internship at Microsoft, and he came back and he knew all the swing dance moves, like even the like swing the lady around on his back oh kind of moves and between the legs and everything. Yeah. So clearly it was huge in Seattle. Yeah. And still One of my is. girlfriends learned like a whole routine with her. her. She and her boyfriend like went to swing dance classes and they, they perfected this whole routine. And that was in 2000. And that's literally <laughs> the last time I've seen anyone swing dance. 
wasn't I and it is such a Luke thing because of course he got into it and then he gets like competitive that's why it annoys him it doesn't annoy him that people are swing dancing it annoys him because he wants to be like look how awesome I am at it and if I mm-hmm. dance like if, I, if Carrie needs to like gird her loins because at some point he's gonna just pick her up and like twirl her around and she's not gonna be yeah. ready for it um anyway so that that it was a little side uh, th- story they went on and then they get back to bathroom guy the bathroom does um, sound awful but the guy is suing for $9,000 and 26 or $9,026 uh, and that, that, that he does maybe need to find a new lawyer because that is a really terrible <laughs> that's <laughs> like, weird <laughs> Andrew's right like he needs to sue for damages not for the exact amount that he might be getting because that's ridiculous that's um, not how it works <laughs> that's not really how it works but then this was the weirdest part of it. So I guess Luke is reading about the article um, and they mentioned the guy is a sex offender. And then Andrew all of a sudden gets really upset and says, well, I just think that's irrelevant. They shouldn't mention that. I just think that's dumb. You know, I understand that you have to be a registered, you know, you register when you're a sex offender. But like this can't follow you. you if you paid your debt to society, it can't keep following you. And I'm like, well, <laughs> It can That's actually. That's not how this particular crime works. No, that, yeah, <laughs> it follows you forever. And he was. I get it. I get it. If somebody, you know, has a marijuana conviction or something like that, and it's like, okay, you stupidly mm-hmm. had to pay your debt to society, and you know, now it you, it can't follow you around. I get that. I get the, you know, not marking on um an you know an application that you were convicted of a felony i get all that but this is different even a bank robber yeah even a bank robber can be redeemed but I, I, this is different a sex offender is different and he didn't read up on it he doesn't know the severity of it and he's like i understand for the children but it's like oh no but also for everybody else in society we kind of need to be yeah. protected uh, I yeah. thought that that was really frustrating that he kind of went swinging on that one without really any information. And but I did think Luke actually answered him back. I mean, he didn't want to escalate it, but he was like, yeah, but if they didn't mention it, they would be in trouble for not mentioning it because it is the law. So they were actually in the right for talking about mm-hmm. this. Uh, I thought it just was a weird tangent. Um, anyway, then they talk about stuff like um when you get offers of free food places, like, oh, whenever you come in, it's comped. And how um, Hari Kondabolu got, like, free coffee at this place for giving them a shout-out. But then he was like, every time a new person starts, does he have to – do they get, like, t- told? Hey, um, I get new – I get free coffee. <laughs> sure you do, buddy. <laughs> I promise I do. And then Luke talks about his hookup at iTunes, uh, like, how – you know, he would call and get them to put uh, TBTL on the cover page and or the landing page. And it, it's like evolved into somebody who's like not related at all to this person. So he was probably calling like the operator. But now Luke doesn't care about that kind of stuff. So he just doesn't even bother, Ugh. Uh, which is really, really frustrating and um, really annoyed me a lot um, and goes on later in the day talking about this. Uh, I just wrote Blur's Days Take Forever. Uh, which I I guess they were making up for a couple weeks, but I it seems so weird to me that this is the one thing that they've really stuck on. Like they do it every <laughs> single week if they're live, they do yeah, it. Yeah, because it's a bad idea. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> 
And then they talk about Rudy was upset about the baby crying in a quiet place. And I only remarked on that because I do think anthropomorphizing animals is silly, except I do remember if we when we had a baby sleeping in our room and it would start crying, whoever it was, Roy or Bridget. And Duchess would give us this look of disdain. She was not worried about the baby. She was just like, Jesus Christ, come on. Get Shut the- it up. <laughs> well, dogs have evolved. It's not weird. And, and I don't think it's anthropomorphizing because dogs have evolved alongside humans and they're attuned to our emotions. Yeah. And that would include a baby, yes. right? Yeah. So it makes perfect sense. I agree. I think that she would react that way. Yeah, she was super annoyed. I'm disturbing her sleep. <laughs> <laughs> TBTL is 11, which is... The thing that is, it's wild that it's 11. It makes me want to go back to Seattle because it was like, you know, a year ago that we were there. Well, Meredith, you weren't there for it. No, I wasn't. I was, I forget why, but I couldn't. Well, that's because they have like 20 seats. Like basically it was like, oh, you know. Get them oh no! It's because I was m- in the middle of moving oh, from Texas and getting right. divorced. And <laughs> it was oh, a yeah. little. There was a lot going on. <laughs> it was super fun though. Oh that. No, that! I couldn't go on my ski trip that year either, so I had to miss a lot of fun stuff. Boo! Um, yeah. Will okay? Will they make it twenty years? TBD, maybe. I feel like they might, just because it's just. I mean, Andrew's completely content doing this. Oh lord! Um, are, are we going to still be doing this in oh, twenty man. years? <laughs> That's the question. That's oh, what I'm afraid oh of. Oh, my God. Um, and then this – I didn't hate this episode, but it really, really ended on a sour note for me. They talk about – Luke says, I think of striving as a negative. And then just talking about trying and how, like, lame it is to try. And I think Andrew was not <sighs> as strident, but I just wrote, Luke, no, Luke, no. Strive for something, please. And, and and he's talking about interviews, and I understand that he doesn't want to, like, fight for, you know, the person. Like, Conan O'Brien was on the circuit a couple of weeks ago, and he doesn't want to fight for that. I don't care. It does not have to be a famous person. Like, Hari Kondabolu was not famous when he was on. And it was a delight. They were delightful interviews. Kamel Nanjiani wasn't famous when they were. They just kind of got him, and it was cool and casual. I, I think that Luke is a really good interviewer. I think he does a really good job and is interesting – and doesn't suck. I just, I think he does a good job and it's when he shines and I would like them to strive for something and not just like talking mm-hmm. about fucking mm-hmm. vegetables for two hours. Strive for something, <laughs> something. Um, and so it, it, and I, I don't want them to have comedians on so that Luke can talk to them about their process no. of comedy. No. We have Mark I Maron. Just we don't them need to have anybody else. Right. I want them to have somebody on and just hang out. Yeah. I love it when the other person's just on the show and helps them yeah. with the segments yeah. and stuff. That's that's the best. It's the best. And they all react well to it. And it's just is laziness on their part. And it's really frustrating to me that I think that Andrew would maybe book some more people. But, but Luke has, you know, kind of stated that this is not a show for, you know, having guests. So Andrew doesn't really try to do it. And maybe he was burned by press play or whatever, but it just works better when there's like a casual third person there. Mm -hmm. (sighs) And I think also Luke, it may work a little bit better now that they have a more standard recording time. But when you have a guest, you can't decide to go for a jog at the last minute and then keep Andrew waiting for 45 minutes. Oh, I'm sure Luke can still manage to do that. <laughs> sure he can. Um, and that was Thursday. Me being annoyed by them being lazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go through Friday number 2813, Schlubby Beardos. I don't think this is going to take too long. It wasn't 
that much content. Uh, Luke is in Chicago, post Wait Wait. He has moved the desk so that he can look into the office building across the street. There is a man in a room in an office with a giant yes sign on the wall. (laughs) And there's a lady in another office on a treadmill desk. And he ponders how amazing it is that he can see all of them and they can't see each other. (laughs) Man, it's so weird. The rat race is weird. How do buildings work? (laughs) He is so obsessed with offices. I'm like, have you never worked Mm -hmm. in an office before? Like, that's how it works. It's not that cool. Yeah, and it's not interesting, no. let me tell you. Nope. <laughs> um, at Wait Wait, he received a Lego figurine of himself doing Wait Wait on his Wait Wait setup from a fan who is a brick artisan or whatever his business card said. I didn't write that down. That was very cute. Yes. It was, it's really cute, and it really does look like Luke <laughs> it does. for being... A, le- a one inch tall Lego <laughs> figure with no face. It really looks like Luke. It's the shoes, maybe. Yep. Um, this leads Andrew into a story about his friend Donald and how they were playing with Legos once and were short of two <laughs> bump Legos. I mean, I understand what he's trying to say when he categorizes it like that and how they like went out into the barn and Donald took a hacksaw and cut a bunch of four bump Legos in half to get two bump Legos. That's wild. <laughs> um, this was a good story until Andrew says the last part where he asked Donald, won't your, won't your dad kill you for wrecking your Legos? And Donald said, yeah, he'll kill me anyway. Ooh. And which leads mm. to a discussion of Donald's possibly abusive home life. Oh, and I was like, oh, Andrew. Thanks. No. <laughs> And it turns out that Donald, as an adult, has had some trouble with the law, perhaps. So that was... Also an unnecessary detail to add to that Lego story. Yeah. Yeah. That was a downer for Friday. Um, Luke says that as an adult, he is a four-bump to two-bump person on his projects, (laughs) meaning that he doesn't actually follow the directions that he just... (sighs) literally hacks things apart yes he installed his bidet improperly he couldn't get it to fit so he took it out to the workshop and drilled Uh. a whole bunch of holes in it who gave this man power tools (laughs) drilling holes in plumbing i know and now he's got it on but he can't get it off so (laughs) (laughs) the only thing that saves this is that it's in the downstairs bathroom that carrie very smartly said no we're not having that on the main floor god uh they somehow get into how andrew loves (laughs) vanessa williams save the best for (laughs) i think that was my good song i think that was my sister's wedding song but she did get married in 1993 so it was like that was the you know primo time for it oh yeah yeah right how andrew just totally disdained it back in the day but recently he heard it and he was like that is the best song ever <laughs> this is the only thing that matters. i love that song <laughs> and in a in a typical luke way luke says yeah but does the sun ever actually go around the moon oh god. my god he seems legitimately for a minute to get a little bit confused whether <laughs> About, there is a yeah. point <laughs> the sun goes around the moon <laughs> And also, you know, I've lived in Michigan most of my life. It has snowed in June before. It's not that crazy. <laughs> yes, exactly. It doesn't mean the world is ending, although it feels that way. 
Um, he just his beef with the song is that the lyrics are unrealistic. God, that's okay, the Luke. whole point. <laughs> oh boy. Um, the only important thing in this episode is that the Sledgehogs finally played last night. Luke got to the gym an hour early because he was so nervous and he wanted to, you know, make sure that he had a handle on how everything was going to go. That's kind of psycho and kind of sweet. Um, he's relieved because he wasn't the worst player, but unfortunately they lost by 49 <laughs> points, which I don't know anything about basketball, but that's pretty bad to lose by uh, seven touchdowns <laughs> Yeah, to the Maybe. other team. He thinks that it, it would have helped if they had had even one practice as a team before a game. Probably. Yeah. But again, Luke, this is a YMCA recreational league. No one is taking it as seriously as he is. Except for Jesse's total fitness or whatever that yeah. fancy team was. But they probably didn't try that hard. They're probably no. just good. Right. Luke's team, the Sledgehogs, is there for fitness and fun, not to win games, except for Luke. Um, <laughs> he's very proud of himself. He did not get into the whole issue of the name of the team with them. He, you <laughs> know, he's going to give it a few weeks before he's like, uh, so what's the deal with the name? More disturbingly, he's very proud of himself that he didn't yell at the ref. God. Oh, Yikes. Luke. No. <laughs> oh. He talks about how the coach of the Rockets was on, wait, wait, don't tell me, Mike D'Antoni. Yeah, Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. And Luke asked what the Sledgehogs should do to be more <laughs> successful, and he said, score more points. <laughs> He's like, shut up. It reminds, reminds me of the time that Andrew and Phyllis went bowling, and they asked that guy, Papa, in the lane oh, yeah. over what they should do, and he was like, knock down more pins. Yeah. <laughs> I do not like this trend that Luke is doing on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me of trying to shoehorn himself into the conversation with the celebrity with a personal anecdote slash question. Well, I, I think this is very thirsty, Luke. He's It's almost like he's striving. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of boring talk about Brock Heward. That's as much as I'm going to say. Uh, they say they're going to do top stories. They categorize them as top stories. There's no top story sounder. I, is that a river event? Oh. I forget if that was in Stu's mm, list of. Probably. The top story sounder never actually gets played. Uh, number one, people in Washington have been stealing road signs that say 420 and 69 because they are permanent children. <laughs> well... Okay, we've got an, a road in Detroit called Big Beaver Road. It is actually exit 69, no. and it's so hard for me every time I'm by there oh, to Mary. not just die of laughter. I mean, obviously. Yeah. But have you stolen it? I have not, no. So there you go. Because I don't want an ugly road sign in my house, yeah. that's why. We can be childish in our heads, but let's not steal government property yeah. uh so as a result the highway department is changing them to mile markers 419.9 and 68.9 <laughs> in hopes of making them less attractive pretty good but that just makes luke and andrew want them more because that's cooler for some reason because digital underground put it in a song 
I guess. But they cost in the neighborhood of $1,000 to replace. So I don't know why they were so incredulous about the car. Or Andrew was like, I don't know about that. I'm like, why? I No, they're weirdly expensive. I, I, I feel like that actually sounds about right, if not maybe mm-hmm. less than what I thought it would be. Yeah. But the thing that they liked that, again, they were like, we liked the lady's tone. And I was like, shut up. Like she, I don't know why they're so obsessed with tone and how people come off when, mm-hmm. I don't know, Andrew's, you know, flipping off old ladies all the time. So I don't know. What. <laughs> Running trucks off the road. Not a great tone, Andrew. Nope. And um, the head scratching part of this story is that Luke does not understand what mile markers are <laughs> marking. He's never been stranded, I guess. I mean, I, okay. it's pretty clear. Top story two is that George the Snail has died in Hawaii. George was 14 mm. years old, so he lived to a ripe old age. Yeah. He is the they, last of they, his. Please, I'm sorry. Man. They, you know, it's that gender normative name. Uh, the last of their kind, end of the species of snails. Luke says that he connected to George and felt <laughs> sad that it died. Yeah. Oh. Um, but the good news is that there is a sample of George's foot that has been preserved. So technically, we could clone them. We have the tools. We can rebuild it. Yes. Once we stop fucking off the planet, we'll bring George back. Yeah. Uh, music for your weekend. Andrew picks Priests, The Seduction of Kansas. Boy, these song titles this week. Man. <laughs> Luke chooses Destroyer, Savage Night at the Opera. And Caitlin picks the song from Lala and Why. I say it that way because there is a question mark after Why. And I'm annoyed because Luke never actually said the name of a song. It was one that Addie profiled on the NPR website. Good for Addie. Um, so I have no idea. Is it Siren 042 or Siren 042 or Siren 042? Hmm. I don't know. Sure. And that's the week. Oh, Ooh. boy. We made it. <laughs> Let's get through some housekeeping. Uh, if you would like to buy some uh, Little Red Bandwagon merchandise, you can visit our website, littleredbandwagon.com slash shop. Get yourself a raw hoodie or t-shirt or a middle-aged momish mug. Uh, the archive project continues. Anybody that wants to listen to a few old episodes of TBTL and write down what happens, send us an email and Christy will get you hooked up. If you buy things from Amazon, and I know you do, uh, if you could use our affiliate link, littleredbandwagon.com Amazon, and we'll get a few pennies from your purchase that help us to fund the show That'd be great. Over at our sister podcast, Earbuds and Earworms, the title of this week's episode is Where in the World is Earbuds and Earworms? <laughs> I am very sorry to tell you it is not songs from Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. Ro- I want an all rock-a-pella Earbuds angry. and Earworms. <laughs> <laughs> it is instead songs that are not in English, oh. which is great. But Amy, I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> there wasn't at least one Rockefeller song in there. <laughs> Ugh, they're the best. Okay, get involved. LittleRedBandwagon.com. Uh, ThrowYourPhone.com, which y'all have all been using a lot. Which Keep it on. because We forgot to read all the vegetable Throw Your Phone Oh, I'm so sorry. That was my bad. Um, there are a lot. Yeah, 
listing vegetables is fucking stupid. Keep it coming, guys. We we hear you. Um, join us on the Facebook page. Uh, the show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. The voicemail and text is 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. Fax Bobby your butt at 617-354-8513. Um, and with that, Anne, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. <laughs> really do. Come on. Come back. Please. Nailed it. I think if you just plead <laughs> pathetically for Jen to come back at the end of every show, she'll do I know, maybe. I know a PM job is like tough stuff, but she could fit it in. She's in Washington. Isn't that like the secret? You got to put it out in the universe. Yeah. Please, And Jen. maybe it'll happen. Please. We'll be nice to you. I never believed you. it, but I'll try. <laughs>